we go. I'm a nerd, and uh, I'm pretty proud of it. I fight for the users. The CPU is a neural net processor, a learning computer. Welcome, everybody, to Tech to You Tuesdays. If you couldn't already tell, this is a show that is a little nerdy in nature, hence my opener. And for those of you who have been listeners for a while before the radio, thank you for continuing to listen. And uh, you'll notice that that intro is a little different than what we've had before. Um, having not done radio professionally by any means before, or I, I wouldn't even say I'm doing radio professionally now. I just say I'm doing radio. Um, getting the introductions. Face for it. Yeah, yeah, face for I've been told that my whole life, you know, face <laughs> for radio. Uh, I am uh, experimenting with like different audio and stuff for the show. And so for anybody who's new to the show, Tech to You Tuesdays is a, it's a tech show. We talk about all things tech, tech news. And um, mostly what I want to do every show is give you some information that you might not already know. Sometimes this is, is, is common information to people that are in our industry, but yeah, you know, the average person doesn't know exists or try to give you tips to make your life a little easier, ways to avoid scams. Um, you know, t tech news is another big part of it, which is when there's a big data breach, things that you can do to protect yourself and stuff like that. So that's the basic idea of our, of our show, what we do here. And uh, I'm, I'm Ian, my, uh, my tech company that I'm representing, obviously, is tech to you It's tech to you Tuesdays. tech to you we're based in uh, the Sacramento area. We have locations in Las Vegas and, and in San Diego, Sacramento. Obviously, we do remote support services. We do in-home work. We have shops. You know, we, we obviously have a ton of ways that we can help people, small businesses, large businesses, individuals, whoever. Um, and we're a bunch of nerds who like to talk about uh, tech stuff. And with me today is the uh, manager of, of our remote support division, Ryan. And um, we have different guests on different times. Usually it's either Ryan or one of our other managers here, Jeff. Um, I'm, I'm regularly so far the host until I get fired from this gig. And uh, who knows, you know, when that might be. Um, but in the meantime, we've got uh, tech news to talk about. And um, we're getting kind of used to the whole radio thing. I've got little audio things going on and would love to hear you guys' feedback as as you guys uh, hear some of the new stuff that we're trying. Um, and you're going to kind of hear new things every week. We've been throwing together different ideas on, on how the audio should work for the show being on the radio. It's a little different than the podcast we've been doing for the last few months. Um, so I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, but diving right into some of our topics, one of the first ones that we wanted to go over today, um, and, and this goes back to what I was saying about um, starting with you know, things that we can tell you about that you might not already know. Uh, we've talked about a bunch of different stuff, password managers and, uh, you know, but ways to protect your computer, things like that. This week, one of the things I wanted to go into detail on is cloud storage. A couple different reasons. Um, probably one of the biggest ones is the speculation around cloud storage. Like, should I trust these companies with my stuff? Yeah. Some, well, sometimes. Well, especially when you've got even big name companies. Apple had their cloud storage breached years ago. Well, and usually that's going to be um, an individual who failed to secure their account properly, which was, that was really what it was. I mean, that's when the, uh, when the images leaked. Yep. Yeah. Um, so cloud storage is one of those things that it, it is definitely a double-edged sword. You know, you're, you are putting your data in the hands of somebody that you might not uh, trust completely. And, and, and the thing is that even if a company like Apple does a, a fantastic job of um, storing your data securely, you know, technically right now they do still sort of have keys to get access to your stuff. 
not all of it necessarily, but most of it they could, they can access. Um, and that comes sometimes in the form of like a subpoena, you know, they might have to turn over your, your drive to the authorities. Um, and if that's something that you care about, obviously, so cloud storage probably is not your jam. <laughs> um, but that when it comes to uh, cloud storage for the majority of us, there's a lot of benefits. One of them is that kind of the most obvious as far as just data backup today that, you know, 10 years ago is different, but now it's backing up your phone. Sure. You get your, your phone got lost, phone got stolen, got run over by a truck, whatever it is. That ease of access. It's mm -hmm. you always have access to it everywhere you go on your phone. Take a picture on your phone. Take thousands of pictures on your phone over the course of you know years. And um, you know my my dad actually is literally going through this right now. He just he has a, a Samsung S twenty or something like that I think, and he's upgrading to S twenty four. And he's like, hey, what hard drive should I get to plug into my phone to back up all my pictures? And I was like, ah, dad, you don't have to do that. And, yeah. and he, he was like, well, how else do I get them on the new phone? And so that's kind of what you know, tipped me off to do this topic was uh, there's so many other areas that there's confusion about cloud storage and ways to back up your data. It used to be that way. It used to be, right. you know, plug it in, do the sync, hope the program that does the sync works. Transfer them to your SD card. Right, whatever it is, and then move that over to the other phone. He uh, He's using an Android and in and, and many ways, doing it on an Android is easier for technical people like us because we understand the concept of move data from here to here and how to do it and then how to get it to the next place. On an iPhone, it's actually really hard to just do what we want to do as technicians, which is to just grab the data, move it into a folder, and then and then move it somewhere else. Um, Apple has kind of their way of doing things, which is like, just check this box and we do it for you. Thankfully, the majority of the time it does work. Right. But it, you know, it makes it frustrating for people like us or anybody who's experienced with transferring data because it doesn't work the way that we want it to. So cloud storage is a big deal on phones. And then obviously computers are kind of the, the next part, right? Which is um, I've got a computer here where that's how we, we record and produce the show and how I do my job. And um, there's a lot of things on this computer. I've got uh, video files and audio files necessary to, to run the show. Um, I've got a bunch of artwork files, bunch of documents, files, telling them all how to work. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot going on here. Um, and, and this is, you know, obviously I use my computer for maybe, maybe a little bit more than the average uh, person uses their computer for just different functions, but I have a ton of stuff that's stored on it that I need locally stored on the computer. But if this computer, you know, got stolen, was in a fire or whatever, there's a lot of layers of, of protection that I have for myself. Kind of the first one talking about getting it stolen. If somebody physically stole this computer from our office, they would not be able to access any of my data on it because right. all of my data is on an encrypted hard drive. Um, now it's a kind of a whole nother topic I'll talk about at some point is the double-edged sword of encrypting your data. Right. Locking everybody, including yourself, out of it. Right. You could easily lock yourself out on accident if you don't, you know, have good protocols to make sure you can get back into it. Um, but yeah, they can't access any of my stuff. It'd just be a bunch of random data to them because the drive's encrypted. Um, but for me, I can unencrypt it and get it. Uh, let's just say my, my hard drive fails. That's really the main reason I have a data backup. That's the reason why I have a, 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 a cloud backup from my PC. In fact, in my case, I have two cloud backups. And uh, same thing on my phone, I, I have a cloud backup and then a physical backup. So we're gonna talk about these. Um, I think we've gone over a good enough example of why they're beneficial. And just, just starting with the phone, because I think that that's probably the one that is applicable to most people. Right. Anybody taking pictures with a phone? Um, 
if you have photos or notes or God, I don't know what else you would store on your back, phone. Back in my day, <laughs> it was I dreaded upgrading my phone because you'd have to sit there and wait for some dude behind the counter with a cable to fail to transfer it 45 minutes. Oh, God. Because he just started and didn't know what he was doing. It's like, can you give me the stuff and let me do it, please? Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Back in the, uh, back in the like 2006 era. Back in the Razor flip Or phones. you remember like when you had to like, your all of your contacts were only stored on your SIM card. And or you, you had, had to pick and choose where, yeah, the, yeah, where like, they were stored. And there was a limit. Yeah, that was a whole thing. So anyway, um, phone backups. We'll talk iPhone first. It's my jam. And then we can talk a little Android action. So the first thing is that Apple with, with iPhones, they offer a service called iCloud. Um, I believe that, I, mean, I should have looked at the pricing beforehand, but it's really cheap. It's like a dollar a month for a, 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 enough space that it would cover 99% of our population, maybe a little bit less than that, but the vast majority of people can pay a dollar a month for an iCloud service, which gives you a large amount of space to back up photos and your contacts, settings on your phone, text messages on your phone, your apps, and the way those apps have been configured and logged in. Um, can, you, can you share that storage with other users? Yes. If you have a family plan, um, you can do that. Yeah. So like in my case, I have uh, my wife and son are on a family plan with me with iCloud and we pay for a service Apple offers. It's kind of a, um, I don't know a lot of people who pay for this one in particular, but it's called um, Apple One is a subscription that I pay for. And this particular subscription includes, I'm going to bring it up right now. Uh, see all plans. And yeah, I'm actually looking at this on my phone. So I pay, it's $37.95 a month and I get Apple Music, Apple TV. Oh, so that includes like all of their subscription services right. too. Okay. Apple Arcade, um, iCloud with two terabytes of storage, way more than I'm Anybody using. would need, yeah. Um, I get Apple News, which is kind of nice because like in Sacramento, Sacramento B, which is like our local newspaper, uh, shuts you out of their website after like looking at an article or two. Um, can, oh man, because I don't, I don't ever use Macs enough. Can you do almost like Carbonite style backups to iCloud from a, a Mac? Yeah, sort of. Um, yeah, I'll get to that. Okay. Yeah, I'll get to that. Um, and then the last thing is what's called Apple Workouts, and it's like a. I, I don't use it. <laughs> um, it's for people who are in better physical shape than myself. So anyway, that's the, they, they call it the premier plan. It's like the most expensive one they offer. They're, actually, the reason that I chose this, though. Because it's the most expensive one they offer. Uh, no, part, <laughs> yeah. It's because I, I, needed to, um, I needed to use the two terabyte storage plan to qualify for a, like a, a thing that they had months ago. I haven't even touched where you can have unlimited video surveillance backups on your account. Oh, okay. And so I had a couple of surveillance cameras I was trying with their account, and basically they'd give you 24-7 recordings of, of your video if you had the two terabyte plan. So mm -hmm. I signed up for that. I haven't gone back, um, and, and that's mostly because I actually do use a large percentage of, of my available space, considering it's two terabytes. Mm -hmm. But um, with this, with this plan, it includes, um, you know, again, iCloud backup, two terabytes of, of data, but there's a bunch of different plans you can get that are much lower in space and, and much cheaper. You don't need to pay 40 bucks a month. You can pay literally a dollar, yeah. and that's gonna be good, for, good enough for both people, most people. But what that, what that dollar includes is a way for you to just check a box on your phone that says turn on iCloud backup, and then you can check, I want to back up my photos, I want to back up my text messages, 
et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, and, and effectively what you're doing is backing up every single aspect of your phone so that when you get a new phone, this whether, maybe you just want to upgrade. It doesn't even have to get lost or stolen. It doesn't really matter. When you get the new phone, you sign in with your Apple ID and they're like, hey, it looks like you uh, regularly back up your phone. You want us to restore from that backup? You say yes. And you have the same background picture on your phone. You have the same unlock code. You have the same email in there, you know, the little bar at the bottom of an iPhone where you're, you, you people put shortcuts for like the phone and text message and mail. All those are in the same spot. All your apps are in the same space. All of your accounts are synchronized already. All of your text messages from your last phone are there. And most importantly for most people, all your pictures are there. And the coolest thing about iPhoto or sorry, about iCloud and their photo backup is the way that they store your photos. Google does this too. What Apple does is they say, well, you might have a phone with 128 gigabytes of space, let's say. My, my photo library alone, just my photo library, I want to say is like 400 gigs. I've got thousands of photos, thousands right. of videos, and um, it takes up a ton of space. So if I bought one of their smaller size phones, I wouldn't even be able to store the whole thing on my phone. Um, and it, if it's automatically backing up all of those files and then automatically downloading them into my new phone, it's going to fill my phone up. Right. So the cool feature that both Apple and Google do is they don't actually download the entire photo library in your phone. They download these little Just mini little versions of the pictures. Thumbnail Thumbnails, yeah. Little, little versions of the pictures that take up almost no space on their own. And then you can have thousands or even tens of thousands of photos on your device um, without it taking up much space at all. And you can pretty easily get them in their original quality too if you wanted to. Same thing with Apple as Google. As soon as you scroll up through your photo library and you go back to a picture from 2016 you want to look at, maybe you want to email it to somebody, as soon as you tap on the photo, and it happens almost instantly, it'll download the full resolution photo from Apple's servers or from Google, and now you're looking at the full quality file. Um, they even, Apple does a thing with image scaling where it'll only download enough to fill your phone screen. And then if you want to email it, it'll get an even bigger version. So it's very seamless, this whole process. It goes very smooth. It, it does it in the background. It's not really something you have to think about. So for anybody who's on the edge about using something like iCloud, I highly recommend it. Yes, you are putting your data in the hands of Apple. Apple is not notorious for data breaches. The data breaches that they've no. been in the news for are typically user accounts that weren't well secured. Um, and and years, years ago, there was major celebrities who had private pictures leaked on the internet because they didn't use two-factor, which is something we've talked about at length on this show. If you, if you haven't listened to those, you can go back into our podcast and, and listen to those. Um, and I'll, I'm, I'll talk about them more too, but two-factor is something you should be doing to secure your accounts. So... Um, um, going to Android. It's pretty much the same as everything you described. In fact, the the name, I think you said Apple One, it's it's Google One is mm -hmm. the, the, the service. Is there, I didn't even realize that. Um, except mine doesn't, I don't know if they have plans that come with all of their subscriptions. They killed Google Play, so it's not like I'm ever going to check for that. And YouTube Music and YouTube TV are too expensive. I'm never going to do that. Sure. But it's, their basic plan was like a $1.99 for 100 gigabytes of storage. I pay two ninety nine for... 500 I think it was and you have a family plan too right they can all be used to be shared with your family right all, all you have to do is assign them to be oh, in your right. family in Google there's no distinction between costs you yeah. can just put up to five people F on five it. yeah actually I have I forgot about that I have a Google 
um, I pay for YouTube TV, mm-hmm. and you're right, it's it's like paying for DirecTV. Yeah. Um, I think I, I don't know how much it is for sure. I think it's like seventy or more a month, maybe. But yeah, it's I like invited 84. one of my friends. Is it? Oh Jesus! Uh, I invited one of my friends, and uh, so he's on my Google Family account just so he has Apple TV, and he like hardly ever uses it. But yeah, we have because it's my wife, my son, and I. It's only three of us, right? So I had you I had bad space. I added one more. Yeah, yeah that was that was the reason cool. I upgraded mine. It was funny. You, you mentioned your dad having problems with it. My dad had to get a new phone and was uh, at over the 15 gig free capacity for Google, so he couldn't do his backups, couldn't transfer all of his stuff, and each time he'd load his new phone, it wouldn't have anything mm. that he wanted on it. So I paid for the slightly larger version, put all my family members on it, so that they had enough oh. space to back it up. Then swapped over his new oh, phone. Oh, that's and cool. Loaded the backup. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even think about it for a function like that. It's literally yeah. just shared storage. Shared storage space. Yeah, that's I nice. Have, I have no access to his backup. He can't see any of my backups. Right. I can just see how much space he takes. That's up. the other thing is, yeah, same thing with Apple. I can't see my wife or my son's backups necessarily. I mean, actually, I think I can see my son's because he's designated it's as a like child. A family mode thing. Yeah, he's yeah. designated as a child on the account, so I'm given more controls over his. Like, I can control screen time on his phone to regulate right. what he's using and stuff. Um, but as far, yeah, as, far as uh, backing up, you using cloud storage on your phone, I know that there's a lot of people who are speculative of that kind of thing, whether it's Google or it's Apple that you're using. And um, I'm I'm not, uh, I wouldn't put myself on this, uh, like on the spectrum of paranoid to I don't care at all about my privacy. I'm not in the middle. I'm definitely closer on the paranoid side, if you will, but only a little, only enough to know that like, I've seen people not take proper precautions and that has led to problems for them. But when it comes to the likelihood of a bad actor getting access to Apple's files and then being able to unencrypt them and then and then use them and then against me, is it possible? Yes, uh, of course it's po- anything is possible. The likelihood is just so astronomically low. Yeah, I, the thing that people don't quickly realizes that in all of these that the lowest common denominator it for all of these these security breaches is the person it's always the person weak security weak passwords they've reused the same passwords they didn't put on two factor yeah it sucks it's not convenient but yep so when it comes to backing up your stuff um I, I, I can very confidently and, and anybody that, you know, works here too can attest, even those that are more on the paranoid side, you know, will attest that it's a pretty safe process. You know, it, it nothing that you do is going to, I mean, if you're storing anything digitally, there is a vulnerability there. You stored it in a digital format. There's a way for people to get their hands on it. So if, if the paranoid side of you is like, well, this is just another attack vector, you're not wrong, but it's just that it's so very unlikely for it to become a problem. As long as you're using a good password, don't reuse your passwords like crazy. Um, Use a unique password, especially for accounts like this, especially for the unique things that you don't want people to have access to. I would say that the, the potential in a worst case scenario for the amount of time that I would have to spend re-unlocking or locking down all of my accounts is significantly less than what I would have to uncover if somebody gained access to something. Right. I, I've made so many accounts over the years on a Gmail account that I've had for 17 years that I wouldn't even know what I don't know that they have access to. <laughs> yeah. And that's so much more troubling. Yeah, right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it, it, so it, it's it, this is a, when it comes to data backup, it kind of falls into the same category as a lot of what we talk about with like security 
and c the cost of convenience, you know, when it comes to security. Um, it is something you're going to have to spend a few minutes to understand, but it's just so well worth it. When your phone is stolen or breaks and doesn't turn on anymore and the data can't be recovered, you will highly regret not using a service like this. And I don't want to necessarily be a proponent of putting more money in Apple and Google's pockets. There's ways to do this for free, especially with Google. Um, and I encourage you to try to use those first if, if, in, until you yeah. cap those out. Um, but it is it is absolutely a, a feature that is beneficial to all of us to, 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 to people who are using their devices heavily. So, um, going to PCs and Macs, um, yeah, you back those up too. Uh, Apple has, um, a service that they've had this for years now. Um, Time Machine. Time Machine yeah. And that is their local backup service. Right. Um, and it still is, uh, you know, Time Machine is, is a great way to plug a hard drive in and just have a backup of everything locally. It stores versions of, of, of files. It's really great for, I would say that the Time Machine is really a great service for those who are using, um, their, their Mac for a lot of work-related functions. Time Machine is great because it keeps version control locally. It's a great local plug-your-own hard drive and backup. Um, Apple's uh, options to like cloud backup your Mac are, are limited. They just they don't work great. They're, they never really have. They've offered them as a way to like kind of sync with your iCloud, but I've always found them to just be confusing. Um, it's, not a, it's not a product I would recommend to anybody. I, uh, what I would recommend is the same on uh, PC, as on Mac, uh, we I use a company called Backblaze. Right. There's another one called Carbonite, which we've used for years. As te tech to you has recommended Carbonite for years, and it, and it, it kind of depends on your use case. But it, in in my case, the slightly higher cost for Backblaze, which I think I'm paying like eighty or ninety a year for Backblaze on this on the work PC. Um, it is so well worth it. There's unlimited data backups, so it doesn't matter how much data, literally, doesn't matter how much data you have on your computer, it'll back it all up. It's really fast at uploading those backups, but most importantly for the average user, myself included in this, it is um, a really seamless experience. You install it, you tell it what you want it to back up, and then it just does it. It just backs up whatever folder, it backs up your desktop, your documents, whatever things you said you want it to back up, it backs up. Yes. When you delete those, it, when you delete a file from your computer, it deletes it from your backup, but you got 30 days to recover it still. So there's, ver again, versions online. Um, and, and, and backing up, God, I couldn't, I can't stress this enough. If you're using a computer for work and there's any files on it at all, backing up your computer is so critical. Right. But the thing that people, a lot of our customers say is, well, I have this hard drive here. Um, and so it backs up and it's like, well, I'm looking at this hard drive in your desk drawer, not plugged into right. anything. So you might've backed it up a year ago or whenever that was, but it doesn't magically, you know, obviously you have to plug it in and run the backup manually every day, or you have to have software managing that for you. And it has to be plugged in. Right. Um, so those of you who have like, oh, you know, I did a backup a year ago and it's in the safe. Like everything that you've changed since then is not in that backup, right? right. So um, having a cloud backup Wire is a great add-on. Wireless backups when? Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, so when it comes to, um, backing up things on the cloud on your PC or your Mac. Backblaze is a, is a company I recommend, but there's free alternatives. Um, one of them is Dropbox, been around for a long time. Um, Dropbox gives you two gigabytes of space for free. That's not a small amount of space. I mean, it's small in you know in comparison to like what I'm talking about with iCloud, where I get sure. two terabytes. You know, a free Gmail, fifteen gigs. Yeah, Gmail's yeah, Google Drive, right? So G Google Drive gives you free space. Um, but when it comes to programs that make it kind of easy for you to just install them, 
and say, I just want you to back up everything that goes in this folder. Um, the free version of Dropbox is a good one. Yeah. Two, two gigs of space, that's more than enough if you're just backing up documents, work documents, Excel files, stuff like that. Plenty of space for that right. kind of thing. Um, Google Drive, you get 15 gigs free. Uh, if you pay $2 a month, it's 100 gigs, um, which is great. And then actually, I, I forgot I made a note for myself. Um, Backblaze is 100 bucks a year. That's what the current pricing is for is, consumers. How much is the free storage you get with Microsoft's OneDrive? Yeah, you know, I actually, I made a note about that when I was writing um, this section. And I left OneDrive out because I realized that we, tech to you, we use the, so we'll call it the corporate version of sure. OneDrive. Yeah. Um, and so our experience with OneDrive is not, much better yeah, and not, not the same, the same as one, one basic OneDrive as it is on a Windows computer is like Internet Explorer. It's conf it's confusing. Yeah. Um, it is cumbersome and clunky, and I'm not a fan of it. When it comes to using it in a corporate environment, I, I do like it because of the way that we can kind of control things. And um, when it fails to back up, we get a clear indication of that. It's a paid service. It's, right. it's better because it's paid. How much space do you get for free? I'm not sure. I don't even know that you get any for free. Mm -hmm. um, I, I You may need to sign up for any volume of space. But I when I was actually looking at Dropbox's process for the average user, I was like, you know this, or sorry, not Dropbox, OneDrive. Uh, for the average user, I was like, it's so confusing that it's not even really worth recommending. So yeah. unless you're using it in a corporate environment, it's paid for by your employer, or you are a company owner that uses Microsoft, um, <clears throat> it's called Office 365 is the suite that you pay for online. Unless you're using that, I don't recommend it. If you are using it, it's great, and your IT guy should be able to help you um, set that up properly. So when it comes to these uh, these cloud backups, the, the, the main thing I kind of wrap up this, this topic with is the, the privacy side of it. The first thing my dad said, and, and he's, he's about the same level as, you know, if we're on that paranoid versus don't care scale, he's, he's about the same level as I am. Maybe a little less trust in businesses like Google. Um, and I don't blame him, you know, reasonably so. People shouldn't necessarily just, you know, blindly trust major corporations with your data. They often do things that we don't want them to they, do with they, it. You mean the ones that have to be sued into complying? Right, yeah, exa exactly, yeah. And now, um, but when it comes to data backups, uh, it is it is a, um, it's a league of its own. It's, a, it's an industry of its own. It's a, uh, it's a service that is very unique. Um, it is something that demands privacy and um, security. And for the most part, companies like Apple and Google uh, Backblaze, who I've recommended, um, Dropbox. These are companies who take those things seriously, and they don't have a reputation for letting people's data leak easily. Um, it, they do a good job, and it's a product that works well. But most importantly, it's a product that when you need it, like insurance on your car, you're going to really be happy that you had you're, it. Yeah. I, I, you'll forget every dime that you spent to have it. Yeah, speaking of insurance, I just got my first bill for my, I, I went in, uh, I, I missed, oh, I didn't even address this. I was out for a couple weeks because my appendix burst and uh, kind of unexpected. I was in the hospital dealing with that whole thing. Uh, I got my first uh, bill was the ER, or the OR, I think was a $66,000 is what it was. And then obviously this is one of those reasons where I was like, God, I'm so happy. 
I have insurance, right? right? And that feeling of looking at that $66,000 bill and then seeing my cost after insurance, which was a very reasonable number. I was like, yeah, I'm fine. My premiums can go up. Right, yeah, years. yeah. That's what made me Great. feel like, you know, <laughs> that, that, that feeling, that's the same feeling you get when you back up your stuff and you actually need the backup. Yep. So um, we had a couple more things to talk about. We're gonna take a break real quick and uh, we will be back in just a couple minutes. We're gonna go over some data breaches and uh, again, why it's important to have some security. So uh, we'll be back here in just a sec. Welcome back to Tech to You Tuesday. Thanks for sticking with us. Uh, a couple other things we wanted to go over today. Um, first off, this is a uh, this one made pretty major news. Um, there was a data breach of um, three major companies you've heard of before: uh, LinkedIn, Dropbox, and Twitter, uh, or X, <laughs> formerly uh, known as Twitter. So uh, this data breach um, it, it just happened within the last couple of weeks, and and basically uh, what the very short story is there is a total of 12 terabytes of records and and just to give you an idea like that oh man it'd be hard for us to fill a hard drive with 12 terabytes of high definition video well yeah most most hard drives aren't that big right i mean i <laughs> yeah, yeah right yeah uh thanks the 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 amount uh, it's it's hard to like it's hard to it's it's like one of those things where like, you look up at the stars in the sky and you're like trying to figure out how many stars are up like that's how big 12 terabytes is and then especially when you say when wait what's unsettling about it is when you think about just how small a file of only text is yes that's that's it's in insane 12 terabytes of just text file like usernames and passwords it's that's disgusting. like that's like every username and password ever created you know that's, like it's an absurd that's an amount. obscene amount of data so these these major companies that I, I just listed um, have acknowledged that there's been a, a breach Twitter LinkedIn and Dropbox um, they were the target of, of breaches now the thing is that a lot of these records are expected to not necessarily be brand new but but older data and they and and they're still doing discovery on this whole thing. Um, but in short, the thing that we need to be concerned about as, as, as consumers is that uh, usernames and passwords have been leaked on the internet. Again, okay. um, this happens all the time. These major companies get, they get hacked and uh, their databases get breached and somebody screwed up. And so in this case, um, the quantity of, of data that was stolen, like almost... Uh, certainly contains your information like it's very unlikely that this breach doesn't have whoever is listening to this some information about you um and 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 it while it is primarily those three companies there are other companies that are involved in it that are smaller that have millions of records that have been le leaked in this um, but again going back to the data itself the 12 terabytes that's been leaked online um, a lot of this is older stuff. Some of it could even be as much as a couple years old. So if you're the type of person who changes your password frequently, this is a little bit less of a concern for you. But for the average person, this is a concern. And um, the main issue here is that 
even if you, let's say you had a Twitter account a year ago and you signed up with your, you know, John Doe at gmail.com and you used your, my son's name and birthday uh, exclamation point as your password. And you use that same thing for your username and password for your bank, for your email, for whatever. That's what allows hackers to do what are called password stuffing attacks, where they just go to a website and then they take data from this big breach you know, your username and password that you used for Twitter or whatever. And then they apply that at Wells Fargo and then Bank of America and then PayPal and then Facebook and then name it, name it, name it, name it, all of these major websites. And they use bots to do this. Yep. So it's not like, you know, somebody has to work down this list of billions of records. They just... Hundreds of them a second. Right. They upload the whole list into a database. Then they apply their magical programming formula to start hitting these websites until they get a, a hit. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I don't want to praise what these people are doing at all, but it's it's ingenious how efficient the process is for them. Um, they take millions or billions of records. They hit these websites in a way where not only can they hit the website with an attempt to sign into a, with a password, they can hit it with minor variations to that password too. Changing a lowercase to an uppercase, changing an exclamation point to a one things that we do sometimes like, well, this password has to be a little bit different than my last one. So I'm just going to change this one digit. We all do it. So they know they just apply those same basic formulas to try basic variations. And then not only that, most major websites, banks, especially, if they see that an IP address is spamming them with tens of thousands of you know requests a second to sign into accounts, they're going to usually blacklist that IP address. So they have ways around those kinds of things too. That means that if your data is in this breach, and it probably is, and you're the type of person who reuses and doesn't change your accounts very often, there is a high probability that you'll be the victim of a password stuffing attack in the next couple of years. Um, it, it's that's that's the. God, that's so important. The detail that it would, could be in a couple of years is so many people. Oh, yeah. A, they, they, it's, oh God, what do they call it? It's um like alarm fatigue. You know, you, you hear about oh, these breaches yeah. so often that you're just like, oh, well, you know, I've never had my account hacked immediately following a breach when I use that service. You don't change your passwords. You don't get anything because nothing happened within a couple of months. You forget entirely that this breach ever happened on an account that you have. The way that uh, the smartest of these criminals use this data is that they take these 12 billion ter- or to- sorry, 12 terabytes with billions of records. They log into accounts successfully. Their programs make a note of what accounts worked. And then when they get a hit, like, okay, I was successfully able to log into this person's Facebook account. Then that go- Then they take that account or that username and password combination, and they apply it to every major website they can think of. And and I know that for most of it, like I just listed off five or six, you know, some banks, PayPal, some social media. There's It's, it's like a thousand common websites yeah. that, that they services, hit. Streaming services, every commerce site that they hit you them can all. imagine. A- anything you can think of. They're, they're hitting anything that has any Does even potential value. Does my guy shop value. at AutoZone online? Right, yes. Anything. A- yeah, anything. And, um, and then what they do is they say, okay, you know, Ryan Beck... Had I got a hit on his Facebook. I'm an O'Reilly guy, by the way. You're an O'Reilly guy. So I I didn't get a hit on his AutoZone, but I did get a hit on O'Reilly. And then what they do is they log, okay, this person who now we have a common use username and password. We have 
30 different accounts that we successfully logged into to this person, four of which revealed financial information, one of which revealed his social security number. Now we have a gold tier person. I have all of his data. I have his social security number. I have his address. I have his phone number. I have his backup contacts. I have his two-factor. I have access to two-factor. I've got everything I need on this guy for you to steal his identity. And you don't even need to use it. Right. And you can and sell it. All I, that's exactly it. All I do is I put you in the list of gold. And then I've got my silver list. And I'm making up these names. I'm sure they have names for them. But then I have my silver list of people like, well, I got accounts, but they're only so much value that you might be able to get some money from them. And then I got my bronze tier, which is like, I got access to their Facebook account. So you can use that for spamming people or, or whatever, right. sending out spam messages by taking over their account. And then I'm going to say, okay, well with this data breach, I compiled, you know, 15,000 gold accounts and I'm going to sell that for $10 million. And then that's 15,000 people who I, whose identities are going to be stolen. But first, I have to compile the list. Well, first, I have to get in their accounts. Then I have to compile the list. I have to auth verify that this list is accurate. Then I put it on the black market. Then somebody buys it. And then at some point after they buy it, they use it maliciously. This is how the process works. This is what they do. So when you hear these data breaches happen, you're right, Ryan. You're not going to hear about a, a leak into one of your accounts or somebody breaking into your account the next day or the next week or the next month. It could be years. It's, chances are it won't be that long but it will happen if they have gold information on you, if they've got all of the stuff they need because you just keep reusing the same username and password, or even worse, they get access to your email account. Now they can just rush, reset all your passwords tied to that email account, which is yep. the worst one. Like if there's any account you'd never reuse your password for, it's your email, because that's the one that every, all the password resets go to. Yep. So uh, just stressing the importance of do not use the same password. This is why I had a whole conversation about using password managers and why they're necessary. If you have more than five accounts, chances are you can't remember all. I couldn't, you know, like I do this for a living and I can't remember a bunch of different passwords. I only remember like two. I've got my one for my last pass, you know, my master account. And then I've got an email account. And I've got a couple others I know off the top of my head, but for the most part, I don't even know them. They're random strings of letters and numbers. I, I, don't, I couldn't even tell you what digits I are in them. I don't even know those ones, but I'm also not going to tell you how I keep them saved. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah, I'm a little more ballsy. I had, uh, I had over the weekend, uh, somebody was trying to get uh, into my accounts. I had somebody try to get into a, a website for a business I own. And then I had somebody like 30 minutes later try to get into my Facebook account. And then a little while after that, I got a password reset request for my Instagram. Instagram account. So somebody was after my stuff, but, um, you have to try a little harder. <laughs> yeah, I just, I've learned to kind of take some joy in getting those notifications. Like yeah, I'll, I'll get the yeah. Microsoft ha. authenticator ones and it's like, do you want to authenticate this? No. Mm. Deny the request. No, thank you. Yeah. Make, make sure they know. <laughs> yeah, I know. Make, yeah. Make sure that they know. I know. Um, so one other quick thing before we're going to go to a break here in a couple minutes, but one other quick thing I want to, I wanted to hit on real quick when it comes to, um, privacy, Kind of, this is a sort of a you know a privacy topic. Your data getting leaked. Comcast. Uh, this doesn't apply to everybody. Anybody who's using Comcast or Xfinity, they have a thing that was announced recently. If you go to xfinity.com forward slash privacy, and once you're there, you can go to a section that says review your privacy preferences, and then click on manage your information. I actually need to do this myself. Yeah. Basically, what you're going to be doing is turning off a function that Comcast turns on for all people using Comcast by default, where they store 
private information about you, like things that you don't want Comcast to even know in the first place. Um, I mean, like you could have identified your gender to them, your age. Um, you have uh, two-factor questions that they know the answer to. You can sort of opt out of them having even having access to this stuff, let alone what God knows what else they're doing. Like Comcast just had a massive data breach and didn't even tell anybody about it. Um, so who knows what they're doing with this sensitive data, but you can basically turn it off. So I'm just going to repeat that process one more time. You go to xfinity.com forward slash privacy. Once you're there, you scroll down to review your privacy preferences and then click manage your information. You have to skim through some options, but basically what you're going to do after that is you have to tell them, I, I believe it's really easy. It's a form you fill out and you say what your name is and your, I believe your email address that you sign into your Xfinity account with. And then from there, you can turn these things off. And um, it sucks because you can't even do this from your, your Xfinity account. You can't go to... I can't even find the button you said is supposed to be there. It's Yeah, so it's tricky. It's not really a button as much as it is. It's like a huge icon on the page. Um, so Xfinity.com forward slash privacy, scroll down, and then they have the... Oh my God, did they change it? No, it's the same way. Yeah, they have the uh, they have the review your privacy preferences. That's where you have to start. And then after that, um, you go to manage information. A, I'm just submitting a request to delete all my data. Yeah, basically, that's what you want to do. So anyway, a little privacy thing for anybody using Xfinity. Uh, highly recommend that you do this because God knows what they do with that data. Uh, and it was just recently that they even opened this up for anybody to do. So just another way you have a little bit of additional protection for yourself um, on, on these things. So highly recommend you do it. Or if you know somebody who uses Xfinity, let them know about that. Xfinity.com forward slash privacy, and they can opt out of these things. Uh, we will be back in just a minute here. We're going to be going over um, a couple of other items. We'll talk about uh, some Apple uh, security features and, and um, uh, how that's going to affect people too. Um, and we'll be back in uh, just a minute to go over those. So you might have noticed that today's theme on uh, commercial return audio is that we're back. As if you didn't already know, welcome back to Tech to You Tuesdays. <laughs> um, and in the future, I had some ideas. Uh, one of the ideas was I'm going to have some of the guys here, our actual nerds that work in this place, give me some uh, of their own welcome back recordings. I'm kind of nervous to see what I Playing get. Playing a dangerous game. Yeah, I know. I know. There's a, lot, a lot of it I might just have to bleep. <laughs> just, just be like hey i'm back next week so it turns out we didn't get any useful audio recordings <laughs> yeah we're gonna use the same one sorry guys <laughs> um all right so the the oh actually while, while we were doing the break real quick um yeah yeah we were I talking about the, that xfinity privacy thing and you did it from your phone i did the opt-out yeah i did the the delete all of my stuff instead of viewing it or downloading it and yeah it's funny it gives you a confirmation thing and it's like oh, are you sure you want to get rid of this nobody can ever see it again it's, yes yes please that's the point that's exactly what i want so right so now it'll it, take 30 days to get rid of i know that's the other thing i forgot to mention that it's yeah they don't even do it right away just the, this is oh man comcast god I, just, I could go on a rant for a long time they're a necessary evil unfortunately um you know they do 
actually, I will say, I'll always say one, one, one positive thing. I use them at uh, a couple business locations and at my home, and the internet does work well. Like they have outages, but I, I will say that like it, when it comes to having an option between different providers, it does, it's, it's not bad. I've never gotten over the data caps, and as soon as AT&T's in my area, I'm oh, jumping no, ship. Same, same. Not even, yeah. it's not, there's nothing they could do to save me at this yeah. point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, going back to our, our talk, talking about privacy a lot today, uh, Apple released a new software update for iPhones, which has been in the news a lot for the tech industry, like, you know, wire.com and, ga and gadget and, you know, places that I get my news. Um, they released a new operating system update, which comes with uh, kind of a slew of new security features. One of the ones that I actually, I didn't even know about what was in, like exactly how it worked until this weekend. Um, anybody who has the most recent version of iOS can do this. You can open up any text conversation. You, you tap on the person's name at the top of the text conversation, and then it brings up a window that like shows their name and contact information, some pictures, you know, it's just like a summary of your text conversation. But if you scroll all the way down, there's a new thing called advanced message security. If you have the newest version of iOS on your phone, you can turn that on on your device. And it and it and it's a it's a really interesting idea. I don't think it's going to get widespread adoption. I've turned it on on my device. What does it do? Yeah, it's um, that's the thing. I'm going to explain it the best <laughs> way that I can. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of it. it really, I understand it, but I Are and I love the concept. More at least <laughs> I am. I think so. Yeah. So oh, yeah. I mean. I, me, actually, it's it's people that are talking with me should feel more secure. Okay, it's not really a benefit to me yet, and that's kind of the one of the reasons why I think widespread adoption might not be something that happens right away. But the concept of it is really cool. Um, you know, it's funny is that actually since I turned it on, I don't even, can't find the setting for it again. But basically, what this does is they give me Apple says, okay, you've turned on this security feature for texting. And we're going to give you this key. And the key is like 20 digits of uh, alphanumeric let, random letters and numbers. I could put that key, these 20 digits, on my business card that I hand people. I could put that key on the bio of my Instagram page. I could put that key on my bumper. So it's like an iMessage identifier that doesn't give this people is, your phone number. This is who I am. No, yeah. And I mean, it's not about hiding your phone number. It's about saying this digital communication is happening with this key. And it's like, well, I already know that because I'm texting them. So why do I need this extra layer of protection? Because iMessage is not a text. Right. iMessage is going through a messaging platform, which you can do from your Mac, from your iPad, or from your iPhone, or from a third-party company like Bieber, who we've talked about, mm -hmm. who has gotten access. <laughs> they're not even on the App Store anymore. Yep, they're really. struggling. <laughs> um, who they've never, they've never not even gotten access now to iMessage. They were banning it. They were people who were using it got their accounts banned. Most of those are back now. Anyway, the idea here is that Apple will tell me when I'm texting somebody with this service turned on mm -hmm. if a device has been added to that person's account. So let's say, for example, I'm texting my wife, somebody in, you know, uh, I don't know, China has gotten my wife's password and logs into her iMessage account from a Mac and they get in, they can send me iMessages and I think I'm talking to my wife. Mm -hmm. Now, this is not a common hack, but it is a hack that happens. Sure. So the way that I now know that I'm not talking to my wife anymore is I get notified and 
a new device has been added to Courtney's account. Huh. Talk with her to make sure she knows about this before you continue your conversation. And um, now, so again, that that comes down to like the idea of this is really cool. The implementation is something that I think will take a while for people to yeah because it's just such a weird thing to protect I against. I can see that getting more adoption in like family circle plans, kind of sure thing. or business. Sure, like if I'm texting our CEO. We have, yeah. you know, sensitive text messages. We have like internal conversations. Like, I don't want some hacker to find, right? right. So, um, or vice versa, him, somebody impos- right? impersonating you and exactly. texting him. So the, the thing I thought was kind of interesting about this though, is that um, we have this new concept where like I could basically put who I am in this digital key in a public forum. Like I put it on a business card. Is, is Apple saying new phone who dis for you? Basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Basically. It'd be kind of cool if you could automate that. So anyway, there's that. Um, and But there's one another feature that they implemented, which is something I, I first I'm going to start with this. I don't recommend this for most people. I talked about a scale of don't care to paranoia in the past couple of segments. Sure. And... Um, I, on that scale of don't care to paranoia, or maybe we won't call it paranoid. Maybe we'll say you actually work targeted. for the CIA. You are the CEO of a business that's being targeted for attacks right now. Yeah. You're somebody who is high profile enough that you're beyond the average person and, and absolutely a target. They have a new thing called lockdown mode, and it is insane um, how powerful it is. Basically what this does is I said earlier that when you back up your data with iCloud, that Apple still sort of has the keys right. to that data. This throws those keys away. Apple absolutely will not have access to any of your stuff. It's secured in a way where only your device can unlock it. And yeah, that's super cool. Yeah. Um, but it also secures your phone in such a way that apps can't talk to other apps. Text messages can't be automatically generated from an app. Apps can't read your cookies on your device. And I think for most people, it's like, who cares? Those things are necessary for your phone to operate in the way that you expect it to. It it restricts all of that functionality. For the most part, apps like Bank of America, Wells Fargo, Chase, they pretty much won't work at all on your phone because it locks the phone down so much. But if you're like, I'm very confident I'm currently being the target of an attack. You can just go into your settings, search lockdown mode, enable it. It'll warn you. Like when you enable this, it's going to limit the way you can use this phone. You can still use it to go online. You can make phone calls. Still make phone calls, still send texts, still do most of the same things, but certain functions won't work because of how locked down it is. Right. But it is such a cool solution for the, we have people that call us, I don't I won't talk negatively of any customers, but we have people that call us that are not only on that edge of paranoid, but they're people who probably um, need help, like because they think that they're being attacked in a way that we know without a doubt is not happening, and and it comes with other obvious symptoms of like, okay, well you're describing you're describing a person sure. standing in front of you. I'm standing here and there's no person there, so I'm talking the extreme scale of somebody who is uh, thinking things are happening that aren't, right? And um, and then we have like those questionable ones where somebody's describing to us like, yep, it's Russian hackers, they're after me, blah, blah, blah. And the first thought, unfortunately for us in most cases, is like, ah, oh, shoot, it's probably another person who's unfortunately convinced of something that's not happening. And then we actually see something that we're like, oh, hold on. <laughs> there's a file on your PC that is pretty uh, strange. And there's something happening that is definitely concerning. You should probably unplug it right now, you know? Uh, and that, so there's those people who have legitimate 
issues going on. And, and we're like, okay, there probably is some validity to your concern about actually being a, attacked right now. Um, so we are going to recommend in a situation like that, lockdown mode is a great way to like overly secure your stuff. Yeah. If well, you and need for to. people who, you know, in the case where they're, they're not being targeted or something isn't going on, that will likely give them sufficient evidence yeah. that something's not happening or sufficient enough evidence for us to say, look, it's, it's right here. You, this is not doing the thing. It's, it's not capable of doing the thing right. you're saying anymore. So, so we, the, we're not able to help. The, the one of the last major security updates this is iOS 17.3, by the way, for anybody who can update to it. Um, one of the last things that they did was, uh, they turned on a service or they, they enabled a service called stolen device protection. This is really cool. I like that one. That was the one that I heard of. This is the one that applies to most people, I would say. And, and, and it, it's almost so good that I can't, I, I, I would I'll say that like I can't think of anybody who shouldn't be right. using this. So if you have the most recent version of iOS, I highly recommend that you go to your settings, search uh, device protection mode, and, or sorry, stolen, stolen device protection and turn that on. Um, basically what this does is uh, there, there's there's a lot of um, schemes where pe like you go out to a bar, you're at a party, whatever, somebody can watch you put in your pin code on your phone and then they steal your phone. Right. And with your pin code, they have access to basically everything, your bank account, sometimes your, your two-factor passwords. Can't they, can't they reset like Apple passwords? Yes, with just you your can get code? access to Apple Pay. Like all, almost everything that you have access to in your phone if they have their pin code, or have your pin code, they can gain full right. control as if they're you. And it doesn't, you know, for the average person, it doesn't take much to consider how serious that is, right? Um, stolen protection mode makes it so that if somebody steals your phone, that they're going to take it to a place that's unfamiliar. It's probably not your work or your house. And they're going to go into it and try to reset things. The first thing that stolen protection mode does is prevents them because they're in an unfamiliar location from changing your passcodes and from changing passwords for you to even be, because the first thing they want to do is lock you out of your own iCloud account. Yeah. Once they've done that, you can't lock your device down. Yeah. So what it does is iPhone. it puts a one hour timer on any of those requests. So they can't access any of your stuff without without you present using face ID or something like yeah, that. Like they some can't, biometrics, right? They can't change fast. So you basically what it does, and, and unfortunately they don't really give you an option to change the amount of time, but basically what it does is it gives you an hour after your phone has been stolen to go to your iCloud account online and lock the device. That, that one hour is something that has never existed before. It'd be nice if you could like adjust the time per right. user, but they haven't done that yet. Um, this is something that is, uh, I, I highly recommend for most people, um, it is iPhone theft is very common and ways for people to get access to your stuff can be hindered heavily by just simply enabling this. So again, if you're running, um, an iPhone update to iOS 17.3 and then turn on stolen device protection. That's something I do recommend. It's not going to like lock you out of all your apps and having things work like normal. So, um, I have a lot more security stuff to go over for you guys ne next week. I appreciate everybody being around and, uh, we'll have some uh, fun things to talk about with security and data breaches and AI. I've got a bunch more stuff to catch up on since we were out for a couple weeks. So appreciate you everybody being here and, uh, we will see you next Tuesday. Peace.